What is up, After Hours Entrepreneurs? Mark Savant here, thrilled to bring you another fire episode with the founder of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, John Lee Dumas. This is actually episode number two that I've recorded with JLD, and he is spectacular. I'll put a link below to the first episode, which I think you'll really enjoy. But today, we're talking all about his new book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. And I picked up the book. I've read through it. It's it's actually really good. And I'm not just saying that. It, it really breaks down the roadmap that has really worked for him. And as I was reading through it, a lot of the concepts that he talks about are the same concepts that I've applied to my business over here at Mark Savant Media, where we help people create better content in less time. So I think you're really going to love this episode. We're going deep on concepts like how to actually monetize your show and what that looks like. We're talking about the right time to start building a team. We're talking about the power of solo podcasting. A lot of really, really cool topics today that every business owner and content creator really needs to be thinking about. So sit back, relax, make sure that you hit subscribe there, and let's get into this episode with the one and only John Lee Dumas. Yo, JLD, welcome to the show. How are we doing today, brother? Mark, it is always great to be joining you on the microphone. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, my pleasure. John, I want to get right into it. In your book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, you really lay out a roadmap to uncommon success, and there's 17 steps. For you, John, what was the hardest step in this process? Well, listen, the 17 steps, they really build off of each other, so I don't like to just kind of like share right off the bat like what my favorite or least favorite one or most difficult or easiest one is just kind of because I feel like people skip around at that point. So disclaimer, start at chapter one, step one, go through to chapter 17, step 17. It is a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment for a reason. But I can tell you, if I had to choose the toughest one, it would be creating a content production plan. It is Chapter seven, it is 13,350 words. It is five times the length of the average chapter because it was five times the work of most of the other steps. It could be a business book in and of itself, that chapter alone. But let me tell you, once you put in the work and once you have a content production plan that is just flowing and systems and automations are all set up, you will reap benefits from that for years and potentially decades to come. So although it is the most difficult step of the 17, it is such a critical one that I think people should not be dreading, but should be looking forward to. Because after you put in the hard work, you get paid for years. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And and speaking of getting paid, because frankly, that's why we're here, right? We want to create content. We want to build a business. We want to get paid. And in chapter 11, you really break down, first, prove the concept. Prove that your niche, your avatar, et, et cetera, your content creation, prove and then develop solutions. For you, what is your favorite solution to offer clients and audience? So- when it comes to building an audience and you're delivering free, valuable, consistent content on whatever platform you choose, whether it's social media, a podcast like this, video show, you are building an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you. And with that know, like, and trust, you can then turn to them and say, okay, listen, I'm giving you free, valuable content. You know, like, and trust me. What is your biggest struggle right now? Like, what is the thing that you are just struggling with above and beyond everything else? And they will tell you because people love whining and complaining and moaning and groaning. And they'll tell you their obstacles or challenges. And guess what? 
you then get to pick and say, that's the solution that I want to make. That's the solution that I want to create in the world. So I've done this, you know, 15, 20 times over the last 10 years of running Entrepreneurs on Fire. And some of them have worked out really well. Some of them haven't worked out so well. And then there's some that have been kind of in the middle. But the ones that work really well, that's the ones that you double down on. That's the ones that you really see become your big six, seven figure earners. And you know, my favorite one by far is when people are coming back to me early, early in Entrepreneurs on Fire and saying, John, I'm struggling building an audience like you're, you're building. And I love this platform of podcasting. So how do I do that? And I said, well, how about I create the solution and I call it Podcaster's Paradise. And that, that um, solution that I ended up creating ended up being one of our biggest revenue generators because now we teach people, and we have for eight years, how to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. And it's exactly the solution that they were asking me for, that they were saying they were struggling with. And that's why it's definitely my favorite solution that we've created um, that came out of the biggest struggle that my audience was having back in 2013. So this is something I've been thinking a lot about, Jay, uh, John. I'm actually building my own kind of like, not digital course, but way to bring my audience in, bring them closer to my atmosphere, bring them in and, and build that know, like, and trust. Do you feel like that's one of the great things about mastermind programs and building out some sort of group or community as it brings people closer atmosphere? Maybe even the course itself isn't a huge earner, but the long tail is, is much stronger. Do you think that's true? So you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so when you do surround yourself with the right people and the conversations start flowing, then great things are always going to happen. So maybe that course or that product or that service that you're going to be creating doesn't work because I've had plenty of those that did not yeah. work. But from every one of those, the people that I did bring in, the people that I talked to, the the conversations I had around building this thing, you know, built and created amazing dividends and future ideas for me with that second, third, fifth iteration that did finally work and did finally just go to the moon. So... Every time you put yourself out there and you're trying something new and it works or doesn't work, you're always going to, because of the people that you're surrounding yourself with through that process, take away great learnings and apply them to future opportunities. Yeah, it's kind of where my head's at. I want to talk a little bit about chapter 15. And again, the book is The Common Path to Uncommon Success. John, I got to ask, why did you wait till chapter 15 to start building the team? Why? <laughs> Because you don't have any money until chapter 15. Nobody has money. You know, when you start off as an entrepreneur, you are bootstrapping your face off. You've got to do all the things. You've got to fill all the roles. You've got to, you know, live on ramen noodles if you need to. You've got to go to your parents' basement. I mean, you've got to be willing to do what it takes to give your business the longevity, the runway that it's going to take to get to profitability, which is so so hard. So if you start bringing people on your team before you even know what you're doing, you're just going to be spending money that you don't have. You're going to be decreasing your runway. And then entrepreneurs don't run out necessarily of money or ideas. They just run out of time. Like their runway just ended and that's it. Like they're done. And so you as an entrepreneur need to say, okay, I need to master these things. Chapter one through 14, steps one through 14. So I know how to do these things so that when I do end up building that team, hopefully number one, I've got some revenue coming in at this point because I followed those first 14 steps. But number two, I know exactly how to train them. I know exactly what I want them to do 
because you're not going to be bringing in these, you know, experts from, you know, X, Y, and Z places from Google and Amazon and and Apple because you can't pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You're going to be bringing on virtual assistants. You're paying a few hundred dollars a month, which is exactly what I did. And they came with a desire to work, but no skills, no knowledge. I had to give them that knowledge, give them those skills. And that only came by me doing the thing prior to building that team. So I see people building teams way too early. And I think it's a big mistake most of the time. Very interesting. Very interesting. So we talk about bringing on a virtual assistant or a team member. You're starting them off at the bottom floor. You're teaching them everything that you've learned along the way. And as they become more integral into your business, you want to pay them more. Do you have any suggestions on how we can make our team feel more validated and keep providing them value, increasing their pay? So I don't necessarily believe teaching them everything. I believe just teaching them the specific skill set that you want to take off your plate. Because what's going to happen yeah. at a certain point in your in your journey, you know, sometime around chapter 14, you're going to say, okay, I'm doing all the things. What is the thing that I just really don't need to be doing right now that I could teach somebody else to do in a relatively short period of time that would free up time, energy, bandwidth, all of those things for me, the entrepreneur. And that's who you're going to go out, hire, find, train. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy, long process. And one thing that I've done, because now I have a virtual assistant who's been with me for 12 years. She was actually with me at a prior um, entrepreneurial venture I did before Entrepreneurs on Fire and stayed with me through that. One that's been with me for seven years and one for six years. And the reason why they've been here so long is because we love to look to, to look at our virtual assistants and say, what is one thing that would make this job the best job ever for you? One thing, mm. and I, it's an individual question. And some people are going to say, you know, I need a three-day weekend every weekend because I want to travel, so I'll work 10-hour days for four days. Some people will say, I don't want to start work until 10 a.m. because I have a young child, and that's the only time I can really spend quality time with them, but I'll work till 6 or 7. And you find that one thing. For some people, it might be money. Who knows? But you find that one thing, then they're not just going to go and leave you as soon as they get like a higher or a better potential opportunity, a higher mm. salary or, or a higher raise, which is always going to be on the table because that new job is likely not going to be able to match what you're giving them, which is the one thing that makes this the best job ever. And so that's why we've been able to have such success with such long-term employees because we give them that one thing and that's the, the focus. So it's one step at a time, one employee at a time, Every year uh, around Christmas, we give them their Christmas bonus and a raise. And right now, our virtu- virtual assistants are making great money because they've been with us for so long. So again, even if we, we didn't give them that one thing, now they're almost kind of stuck in the job as well because they can't go get equitable pay somewhere else because someone's going to look at them as more of a starting salary. Wow, great. So, I mean, it sounds like it's being empathetic to them and finding out what that one thing is. Really, really, really great sound piece of advice, JLD. So I want to talk about Chapter 18. Again, the book is The Common Path to Uncommon Success. In Chapter 18, you give out several different truisms. What's your favorite truism? So I call it the well of knowledge. That's Chapter 18. And it's not meant to just go to that chapter and read that chapter all the way through or to get to that chapter at the end and read it from beginning to end. The well of knowledge is meant for you to take your ladle. And whenever you are feeling a little unmotivated, a little uninspired, a little down, a little out for whatever reason, just dip the ladle into some portion, to some place within the well of knowledge. And what you come out with 
it's going to be something inspiring, motivating that will lift your spirits. So flip to a random page, flip to this, flip to that. It's going to be something that you are going to need and be inspired by. So I'll, I'll share two quick things that I love from that. Um, and they're completely different um, ends of the spectrum. So I think that would be nice to, to kind of give that variety. But number one is enthusiasm is worth 25 IQ points by Kevin Kelly. To me, that's so key for people. I mean, if you come at something with enthusiasm, with energy, with some pizzazz, like it just works on so many levels. Like we sense energy and voice inflection and so many things as humans. And when there's no real energy, no real voice, no real enthusiasm with what you're doing, then people take that in and it just reflects on you whether you like it or not. So enthusiasm, be, just be enthusiastic. And then I love this quote by Naval, which is, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So many people spend most of their lives right now on social media or some other platform playing stupid games. And the problem is you might win, but when you win at a stupid game, <laughs> you win a stupid prize. And so what do you do? I mean, there's, you know, Instagram who's just spending all day just going out there for that one perfect photo to get like a hundred thousand likes. And then they get a $600 brand deal. And it's like $600. I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but that's for some people like, what it takes for them for weeks of work. And they're the top of the top. They're playing, you know, they're playing stupid yeah. games and they're getting stupid prizes. Really, really, really great stuff. Uh, again, the book is A Common Path to Uncommon Success. And it really, truly is a roadmap from start to finish. Word tracks, case studies, uh, a lot of stuff that you lay out is stuff that I've, I've learned over the years. So really, really great. Um, Jay, uh, John Lee Dumas, we got to get into the overrated, underrated. You ready? Boom. Boom. Overrated, underrated solo podcasts underrated i think that solo podcasts need to be a part of almost every single person's um repertoire because it improves you as a speaker it improves your diction your voice just everything your presenting skills your communication but number two it takes a spotlight and it puts it on you the host yeah. instead of always just directing it to your guests which you should be doing as a host when you're interviewing people so vastly underrated make solo shows part of your repertoire Love it, love it. And I see that you're also doing that on YouTube regularly. Uh, overrated, underrated, social audio. Social audio. I think right now it's a little overrated. Um, it was way overrated like three or four months ago. Then it took a little nosedive. I still think it's a little overrated right now just because the biggest thing that people have is time. Time, time, time. And to try to draw people in for a live situation is super tough, which is one of the, the best benefits that I love personally about podcasting um, is that right now there's people that are listening to a show that I did in 2013. I mean, that's special. That is so cool. <laughs> that is so spe so special. So I love the ability for people to, to pick and choose what they listen to, when they listen to it, and, and, and you know, be able to turn the channel. When you're like in a live room, you're kind of stuck with what the people are talking about. You don't know what's coming up per se. And it's live. So, I mean, again, there's some benefit. I like those things. I just think they're overrated. Yeah. Well, and again, the common path to uncommon success really lays out your roadmap so you can spend time in the right places. You can find everything that John's doing at eofire.com. JLD, thanks for being here, brother. Mark, take care. 
Boom. And that's a wrap. John Lee Dumas in the house. If you enjoyed today's episode, by the way, you will love the first episode with John when he joined the After Hours Entrepreneur. I'll put a link below because he goes really deep on some really great podcasting tips, something that he knows a little bit about after millions, hundreds of millions of downloads. Pretty impressive stuff. I also really love that point that he made that enthusiasm is worth 25 IQ points. You know, I never realized or recognized that, but I certainly did understand that enthusiasm is really important. Putting an energy into the mic, into the video, it it sucks away a lot of that energy, right? So putting in some extra enthusiasm is worth IQ points. I love that point that John brought to the After Hours Entrepreneur. So listen, you've been listening to the After Hours Entrepreneur. Go check out the next episode. In the meantime, I want you to be enthusiastic about what is coming up for you this week. Sit down, get focused, write a list, and go out and crush it. I'll catch you here next time on the After Hours Entrepreneur. This is Mark Savant signing off. Peace.